Hi, everybody. I'm Peter Travers, and this is Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And there's a movie called Lady Bird, which is one of my favorite movies that I think if you're looking for something to see that's going to reach you in here, then this is the one to see. And it is written and directed by my guest, Greta Gerwig. I am so pleased and happy for her that this happened. You know, coming-of-age movies are a dime a dozen in this world of Hollywood. They're so hard to get right. And Greta got this thrillingly right. So it's Thank wonderful you. to see you. It's wonderful to see you, too. The, I think the last time I was here was for Mistress America. Mistress America. Yeah, that's right. You were yeah. with Noah. Yes, we yeah. sat and talked. But this, look, solo directing debut. That's right, yeah. You are just like, in complete control of this. Yeah, written and directed by me. That's it's, right. It's if a- it sucked... That's all my you fault. You would be so blamed. Yes, I know, I know. And then, and then it, that, that, that's sort of terrifying. It, it would be all my fault. So um, I'm, I'm so glad because, yeah. I, I mean, obviously it's just the number of people who put their heart into it and their soul into it while making it. It just feels so amazing that people are going to see it and people like it and they're responding from their own hearts. It feels like it's it's what you hope happens but you don't know if it will. Yeah. yeah. So you should just sit back for the rest of the year and just enjoy it. Just let it all yeah. fall over you in waves. I won't start that. panicking until January. <laughs> but there are many things you can compliment the director for when it works but one of them is you have some of the best actors in the universe and somebody might say well she couldn't. This was like, she couldn't screw up because look, she's got Saoirse Ronan and Laurie Metcalf and Tracy Letts. And everybody in that movie is pitch perfect and orchestrated that way. Yeah. That's the hard part. You know? Well, I mean, when you have great actors like that, I, I mean, you want to give them a lot of freedom and a lot of safety. You want to really hold the perimeter around them so they feel like they have the ability to do their best work. And I have seen all of these people on film and on stage, mm-hmm. and I've just adored what they've done. And the fact that they came and brought themselves to my project was just Amazing. It's my favorite moment, I have to say, as a writer and as a director, sitting by the camera and watching them bring these characters to life is extraordinary. Now, I want to get this completely straight because I hear a lot of people say, well, uh, Greta is telling the story of her own uh, growing up period in Sacramento, California. And so basically that's what she did, as if that were easy, (laughs) as if I could talk about... Yeah. Growing up in Yonkers, New York, and write this wonderful thing and direct it. No, I, it's I not have as to easy. say, I would watch that movie would you in watch a it? second. Would you? Yes, okay, I well, would. then maybe I I'll start working yeah, on you it. You should as start soon, watching it. But it's not quite that, is it? Just describe what Lady Bird is. Well, it's about a girl named Christine McPherson, and it's about her last year in high school, which takes place in 2002 to 2003, and she makes everyone in her life call her Lady Bird, and including her mother. And the film is really um, a, a, a love story between her and her mother, and it's about that rich, complex, loving, fraught relationship. And it's about that... It's about sort of how one person's coming of age is another person's letting go and how that moment of letting go is so difficult with with the end of childhood and it's I would say it's funny because actually I was the opposite of Ladybird. I mean, I never made anybody call me by a different name. No, I, you I, never. Where did the Ladybird just come from? Out of thin air? Yeah. You just decided to say that's a name I, I uh, want yeah. my character to call or so. I actually had the experience when I was writing. I I kept I was writing and I kept hitting some sort of roadblock with it, and I, I wrote at the top of the page 
why won't you call me Ladybird? You promised that you would. And I just stared at it. And I was like, really? That yeah, just came out? It just like- came out. And like, I didn't even intend to write it. And then I looked at it and I thought, who's this character who makes everybody call her by a different name? And, and I, so I wrote the whole script and I kept finding this character and, and this idea of self-authorship, of, of giving yourself a new name was something that was really interesting to me. But the character itself, it wasn't until I heard Sir Sharonin read the words that suddenly it felt like a third person was in the room with us and it was Ladybird. And even though they were my words and I don't, I don't do any improvisation on set, that what Ladybird is was really a collaboration between Sir Sharonin and I. So you did grow up in Sacramento. I grew up in Sacramento. You have a mother and a father. I have them. Know, so you have yeah. those. Your actual mother's a nurse. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. So we have a little bit of yeah. that going yeah. for it. But you're different than Ladybird how? Well, I I was a much more rule following kid. I never really colored outside the lines. I was much more of a kind of a people pleaser and a gold mm-hmm. star getter and I think in some ways writing the character of Ladybird was a way to explore some things that were not available to me as a person and it was it, they sometimes they were things I, I had thought but hadn't said mm-hmm. or things I had wanted to do but hadn't done but I feel like I created in the character of Ladybird this deeply flawed very human heroine who I admired even though she's sometimes makes these big mistakes and I I think you know I definitely wanted to use though the setting of my childhood Sacramento because first of all I don't think it has enough movies made about it and also yeah, where are they where are those Sacramento movies there are some Sacramento <laughs> movies uh, recently there was a film Brad Status which mm-hmm. took place in Sacramento um, the television show The Mentalist took place in Sacramento, Sacramento. Um, there's American Graffiti which is a great teen movie yeah. that was shot in Stockton um, California no Modesto California and then Stockton was a, a great John Houston film called Fat City Oh, that was I can tell you everything every Sacramento it was shot in the Upper yeah. Yolo County area. I've really investigated that it. genre of you film. You know it, and this yeah. is it. You well, it. I, because I looked at all of these movies as I was preparing, because there's such a specific landscape to the agricultural valley of California, and the flatness, and the openness, and the colors, and and I wanted my film to give you a sense of place, even when you were indoors. Well, because Lady Bird wants to get out of there, so she does. She was yeah. at, Were you having that yearning? You did come I to did the come East to Coast to go yeah. to to go to school. I wanted to go to honestly. I would. I I would have gone to. I wanted to go to New York or L.A. or Chicago or you know what I felt was a big city where people were making movies and making <laughs> theater and and doing. What I what I wanted to be doing, but I didn't get into UCLA. I, I tried out for their acting program, and I didn't get. <laughs> nice, okay, UCLA. So, you know, so, um, <laughs> eat your heart out. But I remember reading Steven Spielberg did not get into USC, and mm-hmm. he he went to Long Beach State, and I thought. Anybody, it, you could, you just got to stick with it, even if you don't get into the, the, the one that you think you should go to. Yeah, there would be no pleasure if you didn't have any pain. Yeah. There has to yeah. be some rejection along the line where... So much rejection. rejection. Oh, so you've had... Oh, even yeah. You've made in your short life and career... Yes. 
like what, 25 movies? I've made a lot of movies. Yeah. I mean, some of that was, um, you know, my, my early movies were so low budget and so mm-hmm. DIY. And some of that was... They called them mumblecore. Mumblecore, mm-hmm. that's right. And it, so, so much of that was... I got to do everything because there was no one else to do it. So I was both acting in the movies and also writing. And then if I wasn't in the shot, I was holding the boom or operating the camera <laughs> because it was it was sort of an all hands on deck situation. And really for me, that and then going forward and writing and co-writing and acting, all of that became my film school. And that's where I learned my craft. And then when I finished the, the draft of this script, I thought, it's now or never. You're either going to, this is, this is, you've got a script. Do you want to do this? And, and I decided that I, I should take the plunge and just go for it. How is it with you working with actors as mm. an actor? They, I, I, Saoirse, I think, is coming soon again. And I just love her. Everything about her is that, yeah. that Irish that she has in her is so her. And then she can just turn that off on a dime. I it's know. Like, it's incredible. Um, well, she, she, I mean, she's so transformed in this part. And, Anyone who sees the movie and then when we've done Q&As afterwards and then Saoirse comes out with her Irish accent and, and she's very glamorous and people are like, I cannot believe that's the same person. And that was even how it felt on set because she would not, she didn't stay in her American accent in between takes. She would go back into her Irish mm-hmm. accent, which was, um, it was quite the party trick. Mm-hmm. She, could, she could just turn on a dime and it was, it was amazing. And she, I remember her, she, she told me she didn't want to stay in the American accent because for her it was very important that she be friends with the crew. And she said, if I can't t- speak in my Irish voice, they won't ever really know who I am and I won't <laughs> be friends with them. And I was like, do what you got to do. I mean, if that's, <laughs> that's right. important do for you, again. for your process, then go for it. But I mean, for me, because I spent so much time as an actor, I, I, I really feel like one of my jobs is to create this sense of, you know, safety and freedom for the actors and allow them to take big swings and make big mistakes because that's the only way you can get the really great stuff is there, if they feel that they really own the characters that I'm not always looking over their shoulders sort of nitpicking. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was a big part of the rehearsal process and filming because I wrote it, it comes from me, and I'm also directing it to really give the, the, the flame of the character to the actor and say, now it's yours. I don't know more than you about this person. You have to start telling me who the person Must is. Must have taken a while then for them to believe it, you know? They, they in did, the beginning, yeah. there has to be a little bit of, yeah. am I doing this right? Exactly. But that, I, I tried to do things really early where I would, have, I would have the actors hang out without me. That was a big part. I wanted them to g- mm-hmm. form connections with each other. I would also set up um, meetings between the costume designers and the act. The costume designer April Napier, who did an amazing job, and the actors without me, so they could start talking about who the person was and not feel like I was interfering. And of course, I would have a color palette in mind and I would have an idea in mind. But I felt like, in a way, dressing yourself as a character is such a personal thing. And in a way, I wanted to stay a little apart from that and just let them start to make a creative act of who is this person mm-hmm. together. So I try to do things like that to, to pass the torch, in a way. Well, yeah, it's, it, but it's great. People, um, the, the, Timmy Chalamet was just here, and he said that same thing. When you working with you, he said, there's like, Timmy. you can do it. 
you can just do something. He said, I'm usually a nervous wreck, and I didn't get to be a nervous wreck. I got to just try. He was so wonderful. I mean, all of the people in my movie, I I adore them. I text them all the time. Uh, (laughs) They feel like, even the adults in the film feel, I feel very maternal towards (laughs) everybody, and I... I call them all my kids. You're maternal to Lori Metcalf and Tracy Letts. And Lois Smith. And Lois Smith, Smith, right. I feel maternal towards Lois. I'm mother of you all in this. Although Lois is our queen. Well, she's the queen of everything. She's the queen of everything. And that's as it should be. To see her in the nun's habit. You know, Lois Smith is now on Twitter. She's... (laughs) <laughs> she started a Twitter account, which is just my favorite thing in the world. And I was like, Lois, you're already so much more hip than I am. I don't have a Twitter. You don't she do has any a Twitter. You're not doing social media, but Lois Smith is. Yeah, Lois right. Smith is a thousand percent cooler than I am. <laughs> okay, well, what about, what about the critics that account in terms of a movie that you've made in Sacramento, about Sacramento? How do your parents react? Uh, to yeah. this movie? Well, my parents, I showed my, my family and my best friend growing up before I showed the world. Mm-hmm. I showed it to them before it premiered at Telluride, and they loved it. They all called on speakerphone, were crying. They loved it. And then um, we had a premiere in Sacramento, which was at the Tower Theater in Sacramento, which is where I grew up going to all the independent movies. They, they would play the movies that would come through town. And it was everyone in my life. It was my entire family, my second grade teacher, people I'd gone to school with since I was six years old. The mayor of Sacramento was there. My first crush, his dad. Like it was, it was like it's a wonderful life. I like the first crush's dad coming. Yeah, yeah, he was there too. And it felt like honestly sitting there. It was the last time I watched the movie all the way through, and. Sitting there with that audience, you know, before it opened for the world and getting to be there and listen to them react to their city on the screen was the most moving thing that's ever happened to me. And I was like, it will never get more emotional than this. I should stop while I'm ahead. This was the maximum emotion that I can experience, and and I'll and I'll and I'll keep that with me. No more. I'm not seeing it with anybody else. I this think that was it. the the pinnacle. This is the ultimate audience me. to do that. Yeah. Well, you've now done this first solo directing because mm-hmm. you've written before. And yeah. Do you go back and look at the uh, films you've made before and learn from them, or do you stay away from what you once done? You know what? I don't. I don't actually. It's funny. I mean, maybe I will later, but I. I. I don't. I haven't looked at older films that I've done. I sort of keep moving forward. I haven't maybe had enough distance in between things, but maybe well, I will what, that's later. That's good to keep working though to do that. I mean, yeah. but you've always been moving toward that. You've been yes. acting, yeah. but. Uh, Mistress America and yeah. Francis Ha. Yeah. You wrote with Noah Baumbach. I wrote. You, yeah. These, these. This was you in there. You know, yeah. you could feel this. This wasn't some kind of idle thing you were trying out. This is a genuine no. commitment to having a writer's voice in what was happening. That's right. And I mean, I, I think too. One of the reasons that I spent so long. Uh, building up to this moment was and this sounds ridiculous but I I love movies so much and I love cinema so much and I had this sense of not wanting to do it until I felt like I really had a handle on the craft Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to 
disrespect the medium, <laughs> which sounds ridiculous <laughs> no. because the medium doesn't care whether or not I'm doing it well. <laughs> the medium has no feeling medium, at all. Yeah, the medium is, doesn't <laughs> exist. But I, I had some sense of really wanting to, to be able to hold my own in 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 the sense of 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 I know how how great movies have made me feel mm-hmm. and I wanted to have enough skill to get some of that in there and um I mean I learned so much on this movie and I just can't wait to get back in and make another one on this show yes. we end in song <gasps> Oh my gosh! I completely forgot. But you did this. it the last time. I know. I no, think no, it I did s- not help. It was not good. I think you were. I think I sang Broadway Baby. Was Broadway Baby? I know, but I won't stop you. I think I sang Broadway Baby last time. I just thought there might be something that Lady Bird would have in her head mm. that you would sing. That I would sing, sing. right now. Um, well, it's all Sondheim for me. Well, do it. Sondheim uh, is great. Okay, so this is this is me doing an imitation of Sersha singing Everybody Says Don't Excellent. in the movie. And, as she does, yes. But I can't sing the whole thing. I no, don't know you don't all have to. We just okay. asked for a little bit. But I'm looking for okay. awkwardness and humiliation. Well, she says, everybody says don't, everybody says don't, everybody says don't, it isn't right, don't, it isn't nice. Everybody says don't, everybody says don't, everybody says don't walk on the grass, don't disturb the peace, don't skate on the ice. Well, I say do, I say walk on the grass, it was meant to feed. I say sail, tilt at the windmills, and if you fail, you fail. Fabulous. That's it. That was like it. You did the whole damn thing. I it love was that great. song. And nobody should say don't. Nobody should <laughs> say it ever. Thank you. Greta, so happy for you. That so was good so to fun. Have you I'm here. so glad I forgot that I was supposed to sing. sing. Yeah. <laughs>